Hi everyone, welcome back to Words Words Speak Season 2, proudly brought to you by Poison City Brewing and Nikon Cameras South Africa. Um, today on the podcast we've got Matt Bromley, he's a big wave surfer based out of Komiki, um, who's recently achieved his goal of paddling out at Jaws in Hawaii and has also just announced that he's um, having a little baby girl. So congrats Matt, um, thanks for coming on the podcast, it was awesome chatting to you and getting to hear about your journey from um, starting out in small surf to where you are now. Enjoy the episode everyone, cheers. So that all the background noise in between those five seconds we remove. So okay. like you might hear that buzzing in the background uh, because of that first five seconds. Uh, okay. Mark is able to, to move that all out. Okay, nice. So yes, so cool. we're not, it's not the beginning of a song or a prank or some. <laughs> I don't have much rhythm, yeah. so please don't ask me to <laughs> sing or anything. <laughs> yeah. So you said um, this morning you were at... Um, yeah, I just I was doing a little shoot with Monster and uh, just uh, getting some stuff with the new range, the new cans, and just like sweating as much as I could okay. <laughs> and doing all sorts of exercises that look good for the camera, I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> so did you do one of the classes or did one of the trainers take your side? No, I just went with the, uh, my manager guy from Monster Energy. He's down from the UK oh, and okay, uh, yes. he's quite a fitness guy. He, he actually lost like 30 kilograms in a very short space of time and he's super ripped no. now and he was just putting me through the fire yeah they've got uh two new drinks coming out that haven't entered the market yet in south africa yeah and just we were getting some rad action shots um and you can't talk yeah. about it i i can't well yes. i mean i don't know that much about it but i just was getting some action shots with the can um, new flavors yeah new flavors All like really cool green can and a purple can okay um, I think it was all sugar-free and... And it's not yeah. a Matt Bromley edition yet, is it? Not yet, no. Oh, yeah. They got the Valentina Rossi and they got... Lewis. Lewis Hamilton. I'm not up there yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, the amount of money that those guys must make from endorsements yeah. with their own cans. Oh, man, it's insane. Yeah. Like, it must be a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. I, f- I found out the other day that Monster was actually started by two South African guys. Yes, two South African lawyers. Seriously, you probably yeah. know the story better than I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I know there's a guy at the top who's a South African lawyer and um, he's very strict with the contracts and everything because he's a lawyer. Everything yeah. has to run past him and stuff. But yeah, it's amazing, man. It's like such a huge company. And yeah, I've been fortunate enough now to move from South Africa into Europe, yeah. most of Europe. They're my main sponsor. They pretty much put all the money behind all my projects that I do. So... What do you mean from South Africa onto Europe? So I used to be um, under Monster South Africa and now I I surf for Monster Energy Europe. So I get paid in euros, which is really, really helps. And I just, it just creates more of a global feel. So all my media is more global and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that uh, I was on your Instagram this morning. And you don't have your little uh, blue ticket, which I sort of expected of you. <laughs> and I, I mentioned it to my friend in the office, and he's like, "Yeah, no, dude, that Mac guy doesn't sound like the kind of guy that even cares about his blue ticket." <laughs> <laughs> I've wondered what does what is uh, how do people get verified? Yeah, Apparently, you've got to apply for it. Okay. So, 
That's yeah. in case someone creates another Matt Bromley profile fan page uh, and no one really knows who the real Matt That would be great. The, if the blue tick can give me a few more followers, that would be yeah, great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so how did, you get, how did your whole thing with Monster start? Because for those that don't know you, you are a big wave surfer. That's yeah. the easiest, plainest way to put it. Yeah. And so how did you get in the door with Monster? Was it after one of, one of the comps that you did? Um, so I'll just maybe start a little bit further back. Like, um, I started surfing when I was six and then I, I used to go surf with my dad every second weekend at Musenberg. And then when, when I was 12 years old, uh, we moved to Komiki and yeah. that's when I kind of dropped everything else. Um, and I just started surfing every day. I got sponsored by Billabong at that time and doing the competitions. Um, they just, luckily they, Billabong came in. Billabong from J-Bay, they came down, they were like, who's in the up-and-coming talent? There are some of the surf shops, uh, the, the one surf shop in Musenberg. They were like, who's the local talent coming up? And then they yeah. referred me on. And then I was uh, six months, I had a trial run with Billabong, and then they liked me. When was this? How old were you at the time? 12. Okay. So now I'm 28 and I'm still with Billabong. <laughs> Kidding. But then uh, Monster came into the surf scene. They were kind of related a little bit to Billabong. And then when I was about 15, I got sponsored by Monster. I was super stoked. And yeah, then it grew from the South African sponsorship now into Europe. And yeah, they've been backing all of my big projects. Like I've been able to, I'm working on my third film now Yes. Uh, called Over the Edge. And uh, they've enabled us to, I'm working with a, with a filmmaker director from Australia. And we basically track the swells around the world. You can pull up the charts at any time. You can see where all the major swells are. Yeah. And we watch all the swells and all the different elements, the breakdown. And if it looks like it's going to deliver amazing big barrels, then we'll just book a ticket and chase the waves. So sure, Monster and Billabong, um, they've they've enabled me to be able to do to all do this, this stuff. Yeah. And do you kind of is it kind of like a team of you guys? So basically, I get given a budget, and then it's within my interest to just create as much cool media as possible um, with that budget that I have. So I, I present forward the project that I want to do. I tell uh, Monster who I want to work with. Yeah, and this guy I'm working with from Australia, he's an incredible filmmaker and he's really good at um, swimming in the water, getting he like sacrifices himself. He, like I'll be riding through like a 15 foot barrel, like terrifying. And he's just in the barrel with me with his big red camera, like huge set um, housing. And uh, what, behind you? Well, in the way. barrel with me. Yeah. And he might be getting sucked over the falls just to get the shot. Kidding. You know? What's his name? Because I think I've seen footage of him doing this before, unless other guys have attempted it. Um, his name is Andrew Kainida. Where's he from? Oz. He's from Australia, yeah. And um, yeah, he's, he's really, really incredible. So his surname is K, if you want to look it up. Andrew? K A I N E D E R. Yeah. Huh. Come on. Really cool. Really Where cool. have you guys been able to do that kind of stuff? Which breaks? So if you want to look up, we made a, um, so that's his Beyond the Noise um, film that's absolutely incredible um, that he made last year, I think. Yeah. Um, and then also two years ago, we worked on a, on a series called Risky Ripples. And yes. that's all online. You can check it out. Um, and we worked together in Indonesia. We chased us well to a place called Nias, which is in the far north of Indonesia. Yes. Um, and then we did a, we went uh, what's called slab hunting. So slabs. Yeah. Do you know what slabs yes, are? Yes, but I think other guys <laughs> even know what slabs are. 
So basically riding like these big waves breaking over a very shallow slab of rock and in Australia it's full of them and all the guys grow up surfing them. South Africa we don't have great slabs so I went over there to learn from the local guys and I was cruising with a guy who's uh, Russell Bjorki who's like uh, I think he's only like 23 now you know he's so young yes and I was just learning so much from him and we tackled some of these really big major slabs which is really cool yeah and then we also went to ireland um and come on that must be cold. cold yeah <laughs> and got some big big silly question there. but colder yeah. than cape town because um, i had ian thurtle on uh, a couple of weeks back and he said he's never been there but the guys that have surfed they said like they honestly think mm. cape town's colder yeah it depends what time of the year you go like so ireland's got the gulf stream which makes it a little bit warmer than what it should be like if you go up to scotland it's way colder yeah um ireland though the air is just the major factor like i went up there now in january i arrived on the sunday the day before the swell chasing a swell yes. and it was pretty cold and then the storm came in that was bringing the surf the next morning i woke up snow on all the mountains like no. zero degrees and freezing freezing cold man and then the water was also definitely a notch colder than yeah so you, you find once you're in the water kind of like you you fully equipped with rubber like the only yes. place that's showing is your little bit of your face yeah um, and it's a, it feels a little bit uncomfortable to have so much rubber on yeah that's uh, going to be the next thing it's how how it, yeah. i mean you kind of got the training from doing it here in cape town yeah like i met a couple of guys when i was surfing in mozam uh, from cape town it was the first time they'd surfed yeah the they're probably water, and they're tripping like, yeah. yeah and they're like I feel naked like it doesn't <laughs> feel right to me yeah whereas i've tried to surf down here with the booties and the gloves and stuff and i can't like i feel like i'm sinking the whole time or yeah. i can't like there's a there's something in the way of my senses yeah exactly because surfing's so dynamic and it's so much about f almost a little bit of like intuition what is the wave going to do because you start doing your turn and then the waves already change by the time you're going up the face or you're pulling into the barrel and it's already warping and changing it's a lot about feel touch yes. intuition and for me also surfing with gloves on you don't have that like you're not connected to the wave and yeah oh, i can't surf with gloves on it makes me feel totally disconnected and but well, all over the place yeah it's quite yeah. weird so you said you're sponsored by billabong once you're living there in Komiki. um how did the transition to the big wave surfing start because you're ripping yeah. as a lati <laughs> and most of the latis are happy to stay there on any yeah. reef komiki when did you decide to start testing sunset and the rest of them yeah so my dad uh, has been a really big inspiration for me he's he's been surfing for 55 years <laughs> kidding and um yeah. as i said before he was kind of taking me to musenberg back in the day mm -hmm. and then we moved to Komiki and his favorite wave is a wave called Autokom, which breaks around 8 foot to 10, 12 foot high. And for me, when I was young, that was a big stretch. But he dragged me out there. He said, sit in the channel and watch. Don't. And then suddenly I'd find myself in the lineup. Yeah. And then he kept dragging me into like bigger and bigger surf. And I really, really loved it. And I, I didn't feel as much fear as all my friends at the same level as me. Like I was kind of like kind of up there in the contest surfing like contest surfing was all about the smaller waves high performance surfing mm -hmm. but i really felt like felt like my passion lay somewhere else like and then around the age of 16 um yeah i really started to feel like oh, i don't feel like i'm something feels a bit out here with and i loved surfing but the comps like oh, something felt a bit strange um and then when i was 17 i had my first session at dungeons um sure i was young to do dungeons yeah and, and and dungeons is like for those who don't know it's like world renowned 
the, the area where the waves can break is like the size of two rugby fields. When, you, when you're out there, you're just surfing in front of these massive cliffs and you just have no idea where you are in the lineup. Like you, and the, the, big, the, the horizon goes dark and you just see these massive sets coming and you're just like, oh my gosh, like, where is this wave going to break? Because most big wave spots are very defined. Like there's a channel and then there's a reef and you know it's going to break in a small zone. But yes. dungeons can break anywhere. And, um, but is it a reef though? It is a reef, but it's just a whole big flat area of reef. So okay. the wave, it just, there are these outer rocks um, or outer reefs like on the horizon that refract the wave. So it comes in all random and, and strange and it will wedge in a strange way and do something weird. Um, so I borrowed, a, I'd never done, I'd surfed sunset a few times, which um, is a beautiful wave, but it's definitely not as intimidating as dungeons. And then I borrowed like a board that's nine foot six long. I borrowed a leash that was 15 foot long. Everything was like felt totally weird. Paddled, yeah. I got the, caught the boat out there from Hot Bay out to the back of dungeons. And I got in the water and I felt pretty good. Like, and then suddenly the horizon went dark and this huge set came. And I just started to like feel like, okay, this is, this is scary. Yes. And then this... Were you in the water by this time? I was in the water. I was in the lineup. And this this wave, like, I just looked up and the biggest wave I've ever seen in my life was about to break my head. I got caught inside like five in a row of like 25 foot waves and just like my heart racing so hard. And like each time I went through the wave, I got through the back, but my board was pulling me back oh, into the yeah. impact zone. And then I was trying to get, gather my board and I'd look around and there was another even bigger one behind it. As high as you um, can see. Yeah. yeah, like blocking the horizon. Oh. Like, oh, <laughs> Why did you pull up a picture of uh, dungeons? Maybe just a photo, just did it justice. Because I know some photos on massive Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was like a terrifying so experience. And yeah. I felt like if I'd got sucked over on one of those waves, I felt like I would have drowned because my yeah. heart is racing so fast that, I mean, yeah, I just felt yeah, like I wouldn't have been able to hold my breath. Yeah, so that's actually the biggest wave that's ever been caught out there. That's a guy called Greg Long. Is that on Greg, like quite eh? a freak wave. Oh, no, no, that's no. not Greg Long. That's Mark Schliebach. But there's another one. I think I saw it up there. Um, no, they've pulled in some pictures of Mavericks. There, yeah, the fourth one. Yes, that. that's Greg Long. So that wave was measured to be 67 foot high. And that one, the, the XXL, like the, the world big wave yes. um, award that year. That was a huge wave. It definitely, it was nowhere near as yeah. less than half the size of that on my first day. But At least, at least <laughs> you had the worst possible introduction to yeah. Dungeons. So you're like, hey, well, it can't get worse yeah. from here. Well, at that point, I didn't want to do big wave surfing anymore. I was like, this is horrible. Like, yes. why would you <laughs> do this, you know? And then I was like paddling um, towards the channel to get out. And yes. a set came, broke over the crowd. And because I paddled wider, paddling towards the safe zone, I was in the perfect spot. And something just told me to spin and go last minute. And then I dropped into like the best way of my life at that time. And then I was like, okay, like, this is what they did. This is terrifying. But like, that was amazing. That was like the best feeling I've ever had in my life. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to do this thing. But then, then I, from that kind of moment, I started to focus on training for big waves, thinking about big waves all the time, chasing big waves. And then that was like, the change of direction from yeah. <laughs> yeah and so describe dungeons for me so you're sitting there firstly what's the shark factor like at dungeons because i've been told it's 
super gnarly with seal island so yeah close by. guys just say they don't get a good vibe in the water it is quite scary like when you're out there there's always a lot of action in the water whether it's seals or dolphins or whales and you're so close to seal island you think there must be big gray whites cruising around here yeah. but for some reason like they don't get them there that much like the great whites seem to hang out in false bay yeah and seal island there they come around the cape of good hope you get a lot of them around like i guess going past kind of Cormacy towards the dunes and nurdok but then yeah. they don't seem to really want to go past dungeons for some reason i don't like maybe they're there yeah um, but i think you just got bigger worries <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe that's it you know? yeah <laughs> yeah but so many dudes like when i travel guys like so many dudes are like dungeons is the heaviest wave like i would never surf it like the wave itself is gnarly and then they're like there's definitely the like, outside factors wise, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it keeps people like, away you're describing when you say the horizon basically <laughs> goes black yeah. and i don't think some guys understand what that means yeah it's just because you're saying the waves are starting to pick up so high yeah that the you can't see the horizon anymore yeah exactly and it casts a shadow like when the wave reaches really high and it's moving so fast and it, it creates like a i guess a shadow in front of it and the whole horizon like changes color it goes dark yes and then you oh then your heart starts going <laughs> you've obviously watched serves up before yeah you yeah, know when he goes yeah. out for the first time he takes on <laughs> tank and then he turns around and try to catch that wave and the like the way they did that cinematography was so amazing. Oh, so it good. so realistic. Yeah. And it just starts going higher yeah, and higher yeah, and yeah. higher and higher. And when you've yeah. got first-hand experience <laughs> with that, you can tell me if that's realistic yeah. or not. Yeah, I know. That, well, that film was so well made. And like riding the barrel and everything yeah. and the wipeouts, it just made you feel like so amped to surf. And it was so yes. realistic, man. It was so cool. Going back yeah. to what you were saying about we went slab hunting, how much different is that <clears> now to you'll surf out at dungeons because dungeons you, you you're pretty deep you're lucky if you hit the bottom yeah whereas a slab well, you're unlucky ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Re- realistically when it breaks how how much water is sitting above that rock yeah well i mean when you're surfing like the slab stuff like in australia or in tahiti at the way of chopu yeah. there's literally probably two feet sometimes one foot sometimes you can see the rock bubbling just below the surface you know like if you fall you're going to land on that thing and you also have to pick your waves. Like sometimes the wave will, it will, will suck too much water off the reef and then it will just gurgle. And then if you have to be on that wave, you're just going to get slammed into the rock. And then a lot of people prefer that kind of wave. It goes from deep to shallow very quickly. It rears up very quickly and makes a big barrel. Yeah. Um, I prefer serving bigger, deeper water waves um, like dungeons. So dungeons, you're surfing most of the time, probably in about maybe four, four to five meters of water plus i don't know it changes depth a lot as the wave comes yeah. in it sucks water off, it sucks a lot of water into the wave and will lose depth a lot yes and then there's like a part of dungeons which is called the 2.5 which is the barrel section and it's everyone's like kind of nervous of that because if you're cruising on a wave towards the 2.5 it's like a ro- piece of reef that jots higher yeah and it, it makes the wave warp and just do crazy barely rogue things yes <laughs> why do they call it the 2.5 because uh, 2.5 meters high uh 2.5 meters deep i think okay from the surface yeah. and that's shallow compared to obviously yeah. the deeper sections that, that, that's yeah that's shallow like if you think of a 30 foot wave and how much water is yes. in that yeah and then it hits a an area of, of very shallow water it's gonna like it suddenly makes the wave change its shape yeah um, and and barrel yeah 
So that, that whole yeah. slab hunting expedition, I mean, you still wouldn't take that over. I mean, so going back, actually, I just remember now of you being on the front of a Zag mag for Wazoo, going on what they called the rot, the Tahiti's rot, or Chopu's rot. No, I, Was that I, not you? No, 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 no. I, I know which way you're talking about, but I haven't actually been there. I really want to go there. Though. Okay. Yeah. Is that actually the rot of Chopes, or is <clears> that what they're just comparing <clears> to <throat> if Chopes was a rot? Um, there is a right, like it's just around the corner from yeah. Chopu and it works in similar conditions and, but I don't know, there's something mysterious about that wave. Like people don't talk about it that much. I'm like, I was surfing Chopu last year and the waves were like eight to 10 foot and crazy big barrels. But I'm like, guys, what's going on at the right? Cause I know the right gets a bit bigger than, than Chopu's most of the time. And people are like, eh, like they're just vague about it, you know? So really? It's an, I know it's an amazing wave, but I haven't been there yet. But a wave that's very, very similar to that that you might be thinking of is a wave um, out the back of Nias. And I got a, a, a big blue wave there that looked, um, that, that people said was the biggest wave ever paddled into in Indonesia. Kidding. Um, let's, let's pull that one up. Yeah, that would be up there. It was a zigzag cover. Nias, it was a cover of another magazine. You go Nias, the same as what you're doing there. Nias, Matt Bromley, and then it should... Or in the, yeah, it should come up, I think. Um, you to Check out images. It's a picture. Um, so that's it. What's that? One, Is it that two, second three, one? Four, five, about six from the right. But yeah, those are. So one up and then one to the left. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that wave is, it, it's similar to that wave in, um, in Tahiti, the right. Oh, yeah. um, this wave is crazy because just next to it is Nias, yes. uh, which is the, one of the most popular <clears throat> iconic waves in the world. You would, If you're a surfer, you would know it. It's a, it's a right-hand barrel with all the palm trees behind it. It's like very iconic. Yes, this is Nias itself. You can see all the palm yeah, trees. Was last year, there was a massive swell with the boat got. Mm, yeah, the this is that swell. This is the same day. Oh, yeah. my gosh. You nearly <laughs> ate <laughs> it there. there. Yeah, you, it's just sucking all the water away. So you're just going down, 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 down. Yeah, for those listening to the audio version, I always forget to say this. Check out Matt Bromley's death-defying drop and massive barrel at Nias. That is mind-boggling. <laughs> Thanks, man. Jeez. So there's yeah. that wave near us. And then like just around the corner, there's... Um, you can see it, show that boat one. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Why is the boat... I have, but why, is, why are the boats even there? Is there a harbor that the boats launch from? Well, no, like, oh my gosh. So the Indonesian dudes, they're like, they're fish, a lot of them are fishermen, but they can't oh. swim, these guys. And they just go out, like, no matter what, they go out in huge waves. And this guy, he anchored his boat, like, just off the back of the wave, near us. And the swell came, and um, we just, like, it was just the craziest day, like, the day before, I've never seen the swell jump from from being playful, head-high waves to suddenly yes. uh, about three times overhead, sucking all the water off the reef, um, fish getting blown up the rocks, like flapping on the rocks, huge chunks of coral breaking off and getting swept up, up the, uh, on the land. The swell came in and it just came in so quickly. I remember the evening before the swell, I went in after the surf and it felt like a, it smelled like a dead harbor. Like it, all the little sea animals had been ripped off the reef 
and it was just like the we- I've never experienced anything like that. And yeah. then we woke up the next morning, and the waves. You can see on the on the left that one. You click on that. That that was the the day, and those are the waves coming through, just like the oh. scariest, crazy. And all the water gets dark because the sediment gets churned up, and and the, the inside the barrel it's so black, like you need like a torch <laughs> yeah. to see what's going on. Um, and that day was just terrifying. Like all the a lot of the best big wave surfers from around the world are out there. Nathan Florence, Billy Kemper, Ian Welsh. Yes. Yeah. So did any of the boats get thrown over while you were there? Yeah. So well, these guys. Like, so the sounds like a so, common occurrence. <laughs> so like. Yeah, the waves were so big. All these guys, like a set would come through and everyone's like, you can have it, you can have it. Like nobody wanted to go on yeah. the sets because it was too big. And we were all like trying to get in the right mindset to like go on one of these big waves. And then suddenly the boat just breaks off its anchorage and just floats into the lineup. And some guys paddle over to try rescue the boat and pull it out, but it was getting pulled into the impact zone very quickly. And then the set came and like washed it into the zone. And then there was that like famous shot the double up wave that hit the boat and then so there's no one on the boat it was just oh, is it? anchored there oh, okay but it just got blasted and then we didn't know whether we like for the next half an hour after that no one could catch a wave because we didn't know if the boat was floating upside down in the lineup or if it had been washed in yes because you would probably die if you rode into a boat come on <laughs> one of those waves. yes <laughs> yeah shucks and then the, the wave around the corner is just like this mystical outer bomby where I got that big blue wave yes. and you go surf there and you surf by yourself. Like this day I was by myself. No. Like the best waves way. I've ever seen in my life. And, but Did this, you realize I was that big patterning into it? I didn't know. Not, not really. Eh? Like, and I also got... Did you make that? No. I you got, looked like, like you're quite far in. I had a serious beat down. Yeah. <laughs> like why, I was too, too far behind the wave. Like I pulled into the barrel, it ate me up straight into the reef. Like on my hands and knees just pushed against the reef came up and then there was like another five waves behind it the scary thing about this wave and why people don't surf it is that in the earthquake back in uh, the early 2000s there was that crazy indonesian earthquake that made Mm -hmm. the tsunamis and stuff yeah it raised the reef in front of the wave so you're surfing and there's a wall about two feet out the water in front of the takeoff zone so okay cool so you just gotta make sure you nail the takeoff yeah but yeah i got washed on top of that wall and had coral heads popping up all around me yeah. and trying to duck dive like big foamies. Yes, but people don't understand. This isn't like <laughs> flat, dead coral. This is like... Yeah, it's sharp. Yeah, yeah you can catch a steak with the coral. Even, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you must get... I mean, I've heard about that, the infamous steel sponge that guys use to try to get the, yeah. the coral out. Yeah, because what? when it gets in you, it carries on growing. And like the, the coral's got so much bacteria on it, you have to get it out. Otherwise, you've got serious problems. Like yeah. People use all sorts of things like to scrub it out. They use... The most famous thing is probably lime juice or lime. You just scrub it with lime and it's just so okay. painful. And, and then you kind of... People say like at uh, in Bali at the one break Uluwatu they say like do you have the Uluwatu tattoo which is like you've got like reef cuts uh, but then it scars and then you have like a tattoo. <laughs> do, do, you, do you have one? Yes, I got lots from all over the world. Cool, the whole collection. And he just nailed, yeah, just nailed the timeouts, so got out there. Yeah. Like, I'm not just that. <laughs> yeah, and it's shallow there, yeah. and the, yeah. the coral is shallow. Yeah, everyone's watching on the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
What about peeing on it? Is that still a real thing? Uh, I think or that's good with blue bottles because the you need like an acid to like neutralize it. Okay. But it won't help with reef. So okay. if someone's peeing on you, then they're... Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to ask, just based on just getting smashed around like that, what's been your worst wipeout or experience that you've had? Has it been in the shallow waters, like the shallow reef like that? Or has it been the, um, the deep... Yeah, I, I think like the worst fear is that um, I'll talk about two. The one was like quick, but it was terrifying. It was at Pipe in 2016, Pipeline. Yeah. I had a wipeout and I got I got pushed into the reef really hard. And then I went over an edge and I went into an underwater cave. And then I was like, open my eyes, pitch black. And I was inside a cave getting just churned like, and the only, I had to follow my leash back out to sea back because my board is still outside you're still getting wall. churned around churned like this against the back wall of this overhang i've heard about this and then yeah. i managed to get out but that in that moment i was like oh my this is like the scariest thing in my life so if your leash had snapped you don't think you would have made well yeah then i would have had to like i don't know then you're lucky you had the experience of a big wave surfer as well yeah then you have you i mean if you don't relax then you tickets because your oxygen goes straight away and then you yeah you're gonna pass out you know? Jeez. <laughs> yeah i've heard that. about a, that place in hawaii log cabins yeah log is cabins that also is true they call it log cabins because of the amount of caves well yeah the reef there like people it's a really good wave but people are really scared to surf it because the reef is so uneven and there's like these sharp pinnacle things that just stick up and you could literally like get almost get impaled on it if you yeah it's yes. uh yeah that way is very scary as well and your second second one uh was at nazare the only time i've been there i was gonna ask um, if you've surfed nazare <laughs> um yeah like i don't i'm not that keen to surf that wave because it's more like about the towing scene there the waves get so big there so like there are these underwater canyons out the back that magnify the wave like that's how it gets so big and a, a, a swell that's three and a half meters high can magnify into 50 foot waves like it's crazy how it gets so big yeah. and uh Mark, why don't you pull up a picture of that right yeah. the the toe scene there is huge it's the most famous wave in the world now for for towing surfing and there's no ways that you could chase down one of these peaks because they're also shifting they're yes. moving around you have to have the jet ski to tow you into to get to the peaks and to tow you into those big waves um, but we were surfing on a slightly smaller day it was still probably still like 50 foot waves coming in and so um, even on small days it's still super unpredictable yeah like a dungeons just, kind of ex- yeah kind of except that that yeah it's a so uh, nazare is just a beach break so beach breaks have got big currents because there's no channel at all so yeah. there's no way for the water to escape so just big currents are shooting out all over the place so it makes it really scary getting churned up in those currents yes um so we were trying to paddle it and I got a bit cocky, sat a bit too close in. I got this this big like set came. It broke on my head. Um, got had a really bad beating. I pulled my vest thing, inflated, came up, and then there was another wave behind it. A guy was coming in on a jet ski <clears throat> to pick me up, and he, I was like, "There's no way this guy's going to be able to get me on the back of his sled because the foamies are right on, on him." Behind him, yeah. And he just put his arm out, grip, pulled me onto the back, and I was like, "On the sled." The foamy was like touching my ankles, like this 30 foot foam foamy. Yeah. And then my board was still stuck in the water and then my board hooked and it just ripped me off. 
hooked on what? Uh, it just like hooked into the water. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. It, like yeah, the yes. tension got, and then it just ripped me off. So you just disappeared. Uh, just so just back into the yeah, water. Yeah, back into the water <laughs> <laughs> without a breath. And then got like really child there and came up like, oh, like that was bad. And then I'd snapped my leash, came up and then another guy came to pick me up. Okay, let's try yeah. this again. Jumped on the yeah. on the sled and he was trying to throttle. But when you get into like a uh, very aerated water, the jet skis don't really work. They don't, they don't take on the water. So yes. he was trying to accelerate and we weren't moving very fast and this wave just slammed us and I'm just holding on the back. So now you're feeling like the proper wet blanket. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then that was like another really bad one. And, and, and the problem is like, if you get a chance to breathe up and get a good breath, then it's fine. But yes. like when you don't expect to get nailed, like in that instance, you haven't really got a good breath. Yeah. Then you just like, your lungs are just screaming for air you know, yes. to get to the surface. And then it came up after that and then there was a fourth big one and it just landed straight been on, on the sand by then. Well, no, because the the currents under the Kept water is pu- pulling you back out to sea. So you don't really get like, yeah. normally waves wash you out of the impact zone quickly mm. and, and the waves mm-hmm. lose their energy, obviously, close in. Yes. But at Nazare, there's so much water surging back out to sea under the water that you just stay in the same place. And then the water's churning so much, it, get, it aerates the water. And then if you don't have those inflatable vests on, you're gonna actually struggle to even get to the surface because it's just bubbles. Oh, yeah. So I don't think I'm going back to Nazareth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was that big scare with the big wave tour at the yeah. beginning of the year. Alex, right? Yeah, Alex, yeah. Have you surfed with him before? Yep, I've surfed with him a lot. Yeah, he's actually quite a good friend of mine. But man, sorry, the Nazareth. Yeah. Close to home. For those that don't know, yeah. there's a WSL big wave tour, and Nazare was the first one of the season. Mm-hmm. And was he actually the guy on the jet ski, or was he the surfer? Yeah, he was on the jet ski, holding onto the sled, and then the ski driver just kind of had nowhere to go, ramped off the shoulder, but got like too vertical yeah. and very high in the air, and then slammed down. But Alex's legs—you can see the video. His legs come over his head like, like scorpion. scorpion. Yeah. Yeah. He lands like on his head. And I'd, I think he might have got knocked out and, okay. and, and then he got, luckily he got washed in, but like he still had another few waves hit him. Yeah. He probably took water in and oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really nervous because he's not really like posting much like about like, hey guys, all good. Like he's still, everything's been very quiet with, yes. with, with his whole situation. They just said like he's stable, but you don't really know what that means, you know? Yeah. So I hope he's, I uh, hope he's okay, man. Like, Where's he from? He's from Portugal. Okay. Yeah, so he's like kind of one of the local heroes there at Nazare. Sure. There yeah. was a bit of an outcry um, on WSL from, from all like the fans, guys saying like that they're using stuff like that as like clickbait. Like the one guy said like, yeah. oh, it's a clickbait. And yeah. I don't know, it's a, it's a controversial topic. And I'd like to know your opinion because like there's kind of two sides to it. Because one side, yes, it's horrible and maybe they shouldn't have shown the exact his body washing up or anything like that but they also they're trying to grow a bigger fan base of guys so that there's more traffic means more sponsors means guys end up with a better living so it's kind of like in a cash 22 situation i mean i I just think that they all the surfers know the dangers yeah and these guys are just documented documenting it as best as possible you know yes and that's what it goes down. They would document the best ways. They're going to document the wire parts. Yeah. Um, it's quite funny. Like, um, like a J-Bay, like the, remember there was the shark scare, like, I don't know, twice. Yes. Yeah. And in that instance, like the commentators, there's like 
they don't know if they're even allowed to talk about a shark on the mic, you know? Yes. Like, yeah. I was there on the beach. The shark cruises through the lineup. The guy's like, uh, 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 there seems to be an, an issue. Like, uh, they didn't know what I to say. <laughs> because they don't want to be like, there's a shark. And then everyone goes into panic, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, that's kind of a different. But Yeah, know, my, my cousin was actually on water patrol the year afterwards. And uh, he said, yeah. you know, seats and swats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and your cousin, yeah. He said cool. he... He, he and his mate took the jet ski up to the top of the bay. What's the next bay just above Jeffrey's Bay? At Magnitudes? Must have been something along those lines. And he said he's never seen so many great white sharks. Really? He said it's like a breeding ground up there. Oh, my and gosh. The just, and they all just <laughs> cruise through. Yeah. You're, I don't know. Yeah, I think East Coast has got so many sharks, man. I don't know if it was <laughs> after the... I don't know if it was after that scare with Mick Fanning and Jay Bay, but... On one of those occasions where all the guys were scared out the water because of a shark, Twiggy Baker goes and clips on his uh, shark <laughs> repellent thing, repellent thing, and just <laughs> cruises out. Twiggy. Yeah, I think like a lot of the guys are like J Bay's pumping and they're gonna go surf. <laughs> yes. What's your What's your take on those uh, those shark repellent things? Because um, I, yeah. I believe in electrical currents, but yeah. I also think that sharks, because they're inquisitive, are like, yeah. oh, what's that thing? Come check there? it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe the guy with the with the th- device is fine, but then all these buddies. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's, just, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, my dad's actually used them because my dad spearfishes a lot and he's seen two great whites while diving. No. Like some over him. And the one time he had the, the device on and... But I don't know if it got close enough for the thing to react to it. But well, what happened uh, the first time? Uh, just they by. just just cruised by, and he just stayed still, yeah. like held his breath. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's gonna hold his breath in moments like that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like for me, I love I love spearfishing. I've done it like twice, three times. But yeah, it's so fun. I wish I just had review mirrors. Like, I wish I could just see what was behind me. That's all. I mean, I'm fine. Yeah. Cruising forward, I just don't know what's behind me. I know. You're always wondering, like, what's going on behind you. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. And, yeah, so going back to what you're saying with, like, just all the wipeouts and even what happened to Alex, what's your kind of training program as a big wave surfer? Because guys think that it just takes, like, a lot of balls and it's a lot more extreme than that. Yeah. So what's the kind of thing that makes up your training your training schedule yeah um yeah i think like big wave surfing is more of a mental game than anything else like yeah you actually uh only under the water i mean guys have had like like chris burtish was under the water i think for 58 seconds uh, at mavericks and to give you some context like that doesn't sound that long but like twiggy said for every minute you have while resting with your breath hold you have 10 seconds in a wipeout like because your adrenaline's up um, that's a good so if you can hold your breath for i can hold my breath for just over four minutes that means i've got 40 seconds until i probably pass out and chris burtich had a 58 second hold down but all his limbs started shutting off and your body goes into survival mode it pushes all the oxygen to your core organs into your brain so your Whoa. limbs just stop working yeah that makes sense though um but like the average wipeout especially now using these inflation vests it's like a long hold down is like 15 seconds only so but also you're preparing for worst case scenario yeah exactly um but so obviously like the best training for big wave surfing is just getting out there in the water and surfing big waves that's the best thing you can do but the swell is not always big yeah so for me the best way to mimic it is um in the pool 
So I just do sprints, like my best thing is to do sprints, get my heart absolutely pumping, and then swim underwater as long as I can, and just try to get used to all of the uncomfortable feelings that you experience when, you're, when your heart's racing. Yes. And um, so like everything from like your lungs burning, that urge to breathe, even try, I try to visualize myself getting pushed deep um, underwater, I try to like visualize the pressure on my ears, yes. um, all that kind of stuff to take yourself into the moment. So when you actually experience that in real life, you don't panic, you just remain calm, you know? Yeah. Um, so get used to all those uncomfortable feelings over and over again, and then practice really good breathing in between. Like when you come up, when you come up in between, a, 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 when you have a wipeout, you maybe can come up and you maybe have like two breaths between the next one hits you. Mm. So in those two breaths, you've got to try to get your heart rate down as much as possible. Uh, to relax and then you back under the water again so i try and mimic that exact environment in the swimming pool okay uh, so sprinting underwater good breathing in between that's kind of like the core and then also you yeah, know just loads of sprints with short rest periods in between to try and mimic just your heart rate getting up yeah. and then try relax a bit in between like relax in between the sets with, with your breathing also do jujitsu okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I felt like jiu-jitsu was really good for it, like firstly it's the most incredible fitness like yes. oh my gosh it's insane and then um, I do it with my brother a lot he, he weighs like <coughs> 115 kgs so like okay. someone pinning you down like that it makes you feel panicked yes. and you gotta like relax like again keep the panic away relax think of a way out you know yeah um, and then I do like lots of body weight uh, body weight training I, I'm not really very familiar with weights and stuff and I'm pretty scared of getting hurt um, and I don't want to get like I try, want to try to stay light and streamlined for, yes. for paddling on the wave have so, you seen uh, Led Hamilton's new thing he's come up with I forgot what it's called I've heard about it but I haven't actually so it's like the weights in the pool okay what so, does he run along the bottom with the weights no he actually like, they do weights and fitness but underwater so he says you're still getting that workout. Obviously, mm. it weighs a lot less. Yeah. But there's no there's no gravity there's no gravity yeah. that pulls a lot of pressure on your knees on mm. your arms when you're lifting any weights. Oh, that's interesting. So that's what he does. Yeah. Um, and he says he can work out longer and harder, and he's working on his sure. breathing training at the same time. Yeah. Something you should look at. Does like he actually go underwater and do it, or does he keep his head above the water? Uh, they do yeah. different exercises. Some like yeah. they'll put a weight in between their legs and they got to swim yeah. across. Sure. And then some they actually got to put on the ground and actually yeah. like snatches. Yeah. Yeah, so it's actually, huh. it's, it's really fascinating. You just need yeah, a really deep pool for it. Yeah. Hasn't he started like an actual program in Hawaii with his wife, I think? I was going to try to do that. Is before. it? But he's actually, yeah, it was on Joe Rogan, he talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll send you the yeah. link if I find it. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to see it, man. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's like a fitness freak. I mean, he's quite old now and he's still yeah. just so ripped. Yeah, and, and all he does so is fit. surf, swim. And yeah underwater weights yeah all those guys from hawaii like i've spent quite a bit of time on maui they're just they're such watermen they just train all day every day and they're like stand up paddle boarding kite surfing foiling normal yeah. surfing like free like free diving or spearfishing they just spend their lives in the water and they're just so fit yeah it's Carl so Lenny, I, I can't believe that guy I, yeah i didn't know he could be like that good at every single form of oh water my sport. gosh he's so like i've been with i've been to jaws with him and and serving jaws is like you, it, you your adrenaline is pumping so hard that you um 
it, it like drains you like you have like a three hour session it feels like you've been serving for like 10 hours because you're, you're yes. so drained he will be out there first light before anyone's even out there towing then everyone comes out to paddle he'll paddle and surf with everyone then suddenly you like out the water you're done he's out there paddle um stand up paddle boarding and then like it goes windy in the evening and then he's kite surfing like he'll do five different disciplines yeah. in one day or foiling like and he's a very yeah. small guy he is small, so yeah. Then the, like the waves look even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> he's super ripped, though. You can see he's very, very strong and and very yeah. fit. Yeah. Talking about Hawaii, yeah. uh, how was your Iliakaya? I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, event. Firstly, can you explain the events, people? Because this is like the most prestige, rarest yeah. surf events in history. Yeah, man, I was super stoked to like get invited um, to the Eddie Akal. So it's in memory of of Eddie uh, himself, who I'm not quite sure he he was either like with a crew who were out at sea and they needed to be rescued, and he like decided to. I think that's what happened. Um, he decided to split from the crew to go look for help. Yeah. Uh, and the crew got rescued, but he didn't ever get found again. Uh, he just got lost at sea. And, but he was an, like one of the best Hawaiian watermen ever. Um, so this contest is in, in memory of him and it's probably the most prestigious big wave event in the world at the famous Waimea Bay in Hawaii. And it's got such a history and like every, from Kelly Slater to John John to Shane Dorian, all the best dudes like want to be in that event and want to win that event. Yes. event. Um, and so I got invited this year for my first time just as an, uh, I was on the alternate list, so if people had pulled out, then I would have got into it. Okay. But it was really cool. I flew over there in December for the opening ceremony, and like um, we all sat in a circle, so it was all my heroes, and we all put our big boards in the middle, and then they announced us all up, and they gave us like our Hawaiian lei, like yeah. necklace, and um, gave us like a little award thing. We all paddle out together to the back of Waimea Bay, and then sat in a circle and then like in memory of Eddie, like splash and say words of of if people knew him or just words you're thankful wow. for or whatever and splash and throw flowers in the middle and like, yeah, it was really cool. So uh, when does the actual event? So the event had a waiting period which finished at the end of February, so it didn't run oh, this year. Okay. Um, they just, they wait for like, the waves have to get really, really big for them to actually run the contest, so. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I read it earlier today, I was saying in the last 32 years, it's only been run nine times. Yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. They, Crazy. They hardly ever run it, because they literally, yeah, they want it to be like, as big as it gets. Yeah. And that's what makes it, I guess, the most prestigious, and, and yeah, all the history behind it. Yes. Yeah. So I was super stoked to be a part Jeez, of it. Jeez, that's cool. How was it hanging with like some of the heroes? Yeah, it was cool, man. Like, I'm sure uh, a lot of them you really know. I know some of the dudes, um, but I'm kind of like a bit of a fan, frother. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's a um, board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got like my dream photo is on my Instagram with... Um, I know Kai Lenny and okay. uh, after the whole ceremony he was walking up with Kelly Slater and like and I was like Kai do you mind if I get a photo with you like <laughs> and he was like yeah sweet and then Slater's like kind of do you want me in the photo or not I was like please and then I got a photo <laughs> 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 yeah there it is on the right so you know me with Kai and Kelly like oh I was so stoked with that photo, like I'll frame it and keep it forever. Like two of my that is amazing. <laughs> and 
Yeah. Is Kelly serving Firewire now? Is that his yeah, he owns, board of choice? I think he owns Firewire and then that's his like outer known brand on the top there as well. He's got like oh, a high end okay. surf company. High end? Yeah, okay. it's like I think very expensive, very well built gear. Oh, really? Surf stuff like and fashion, fashionable surf gear. Okay, it's, a, it's cool. I like the, the logo. It's like a fish. <laughs> Bro, who's the one? Is that you falling? Or no, I think I saw my feet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you so know who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really one of my friends. Uh, classic, man. But that was, it was quite a cool story. Like, after the Eddie, um, a really big swell came and went over to Jaws. Yeah. Then they called the Jaws contest on, but I, I wasn't in the contest, unfortunately, but I surfed on either side of it. Okay. Um, and the waves were, like, really big and scary, and Jaws is, like, the ultimate big wave spot. And then, yeah, so we surfed that spot. That afternoon after the surf, we went straight to the airport. We caught the red-eye flight. We flew over the swell to San Francisco and then surfed the same swell at Mavericks. What? Um, so there's like, That's it's cool, quite a man. cool thing to be able to do is you surf Jaws, you can surf, then you surf Mavericks the next day on the same swell. And then the same swell goes down to Mexico. And if you really have energy, you can chase it down there. But we didn't have it for that time. What? <laughs> yeah. um, I wanted to ask you on that note, um, Kelly's wave pool, have you surfed it? Um, no, I haven't surfed today. It looks really fun. It looks oh. fun, yeah. But it's looks really. I think really it looks fun. fun if you've got it to yourself for the day. Like it, I don't know if I could do it with the rest of the guys in the water. Yeah, you're, it's you're so predictable as well. So yeah. you, like it's almost like a lineup. Like yeah, and your wave comes, and then that's your chance. Yeah, like, oh, you fall back like, yeah. yeah, and I don't know if I'd because I'm six four. I don't know if I'd fit into the barrel. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You'd have to lie down. <laughs> That's uh, so why I like bigger barrels. So yes. How much do you know? Down. What kind of money you spent on that, on that wave pool? Oh, millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like, and I know the. I think to like, you can do like a group session. I think it's like five thousand dollars or something. Oh, okay, which is you and your mates. Yeah, it's really expensive. <laughs> and um, really, really I mean, expensive. it also looks expensive to run. I mean, if you watch, but while the wave's breaking, there's almost like a train looking. Yeah, thing that's. I mean, the power to, yeah. to move that thing back and forth. Yeah, every yeah, time yeah. The wave comes through. Your to generate a wave, it, it creates so you need so much energy to create a wave. I, I remember I went uh, a long time ago. I got to surf in the wave pool in um, Sun City. Yeah. Oh which no! Which is like ways. that wave is so pup and like yeah. it barely pushes you. But they you like every surfer's dream. Like every surfer that goes to Sun City is like. Geez, I really wish you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, we like snuck in there before the day started. But yeah, they fill up like, I don't know, like seven or eight of these massive tanks of water and then that drops and you think this huge wave's coming and yes. then it's like, bloop, like this little wave like yeah. comes and then it hardly pushes you. So to create a wave like Kelly's must take, I think it takes so much energy and, and yeah. power. Yeah. I mean, they've, have they officially added that onto the, the WSL stock now? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they, I think they've had two, two years. I did. Yeah, I think he did. I think so. Yeah. Why don't you want to try the the big wave tour? Um, I would love to be on the big wave tour. I just haven't been given the opportunity to 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 be in it. You have to get invited to it. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So how do you qualify? It's not like the 
the championship we have to just slog away at the QS? Yeah, it's a bit more vague, like how you get onto the tour. You've, um, you, I think the, the best way to do it would be to get like lots of good entries for what ride of the year into the XXL, which is the video competition. Um, and then if you had to say win the best ride of the year, best video of the year, then you would certainly get a spot in it. Okay, so is that the um, goal for you now? Is, is the goal to make your way towards... Well, they've big actually... So WSL's kind of... Um, at least in the big wave scene, has become more of a media... A, a content creation company more than a company that does contests. So they've actually... They don't have the big wave world tour anymore. They've got this thing... They've got the, the world championship event at Jaws which is one event. Then they've got the toe event at Nazare. Yeah. And then that's it for big wave stuff. And then they have a thing called the strike mission series. So they see a swell going to say Shipstones or whatever in Tasmania. And they're like, they'll email their dudes who are on their record. Like, listen, we're going to send a media team over to Shipstones uh, and we're going to yeah. capture it. And it's going to, we're going to put it on, on all of our platforms. We're going to distribute it. I don't know, to TV or whatever. So it would be in your interest to chase the swell, I guess, and go there. Wow, okay. So it's, that's part of their strike mission series. So it's just content creation. That's such an interesting spin that they've done on that. It's really... Yeah. When did they When did they kind of take that kind of approach? Uh, that's just started now, really? like recently. Uh, because it's smart for them. Yeah, it's great for them. To run a contest, like those guys, they were running a super high-end production. And for them to... For instance, on the on the world tour, yeah. uh, which is like got uh, John John and all of them on it, they have those dates set, so they can prepare. But with the big wave one, it looks to be like there's a swell going to Mexico. They would have to ship things. Like you have seven days, you see the swell, then they make the call three days before. All the servers have to get there, yes. and they've got to try like ship all the equipment there to mm. to get it to set up a, like a huge event. All your staff and everything within a couple of days, like. Yes. I think that's really, really challenging. Like, yeah. I went to the one event in Mexico and like a lot of the shipment stuff got stopped, border control and like, um, I think it's just like really difficult, very expensive. And so for them just to rather create content is a bit easier. Okay. Yeah. So then what's, what's kind of the goals for you in the next couple of years is just to get that next big wave or are you working towards trying to get onto... Like that big wave 12 source, because I don't even know if you can call it a tour anymore. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'd love to be in that, uh, that Jaws contest one day. Like that would yeah. be the ultimate to be able to participate. Like To win. Oh, to win would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if you win that thing, you'll not pay for a beer in Hawaii. For <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, like I'm busy working on a film at the moment called Over the Edge. So we're going to be re- releasing that in June. And that's... Uh, all about like trying to get the biggest paddle in barrel so we've got some really good stuff from that and i'm super excited to that's gonna be like a 40 minute documentary so is all the footage done no we're still trying to do one more. We, we're looking for that one more like hero trip to complete okay the form. but um have you yeah, got your good. eyes on anywhere excuse me have you got your eyes on anywhere for that last place yeah um so we've been watching um ireland Oh yeah, was that a part of it? Um, that was a part of it. Uh, would love to go get one more swell there, um, and been watching Australia, been watching Shipstones in Tasmania. Have you surfed Shipstones? I haven't. No. Because that for me is the scariest looking break. <laughs> Won't you just play a, a clip of Shipstones? Big. Yeah, the big. Um, 
Could you, can stuff you explain the reef to me at Shipstones? Because I've tried to map it out in my head just by watching it, and I, I don't mm. understand what's what's happening. I mean, no, from what I understand, like the the reef is just super uneven, so it creates those steps in the wave. Yeah. So it obviously goes from very deep water out the back to very shallow, so yes. that makes the wave rear up very quickly and yeah. get steep very quick. But then there's like a few uneven bits, there and you, you can see that step there. on the wave. Um, I mean, how shallow is that? Well, there must be pinnacles that are very, very shallow. But yeah. the thing is, luck, I mean, you, when you, where you fall, the wave will wash you over those very quickly. So you won't hit the reef as you fall. Okay. But you've got to negotiate all of those steps along the way. And but it looks you said it's all about, <laughs> oh, no. You said it's all about the biggest paddle. In, yeah. Okay, so you're not going to paddle into... Yeah. So that wave, it's actually a really good wave for paddling surfing. But not at that size. You can't physically yeah. paddle in at that size. But... I mean, my, my friend Russell Burke, he paddled one recently there that was just like, oh my gosh, the ride of a life, best way of your really? life for sure. Do you think it's on YouTube? Yeah, it is. So if you type in Russell Burke, Ship Stearns, it should be there somewhere. Um, oh, was he in the Cape Fear? He, yeah, he won Cape Fear. Is that it? Yeah. No, that's not it, I don't think. Oh. Um, go down, go down, go down. It's a, it's a big paddle one. Was it not an event? He, it's in his movie, and okay. it will also be on his Instagram. Maybe that it's in his movie Flow State, but it might be hard to find it on in the movie. Um, yeah, when I saw that wave, I was just like, oh my gosh, Shipstones is the ultimate. And yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's like similar to Dungeons in a sense because um, it's. It's situated so far south that you try predict a swell going there and then the, the storms are so unpredictable like within yeah. a moment suddenly the winds have gone a full 180 degrees so being in cape town you got to make the call like you got to fly out four days before the swell to get there in time or three days before the swell but then while you it might look good when you book your flight then while you're flying it might change and go, go the winds go bad or something yes you know? so it's a very very hard way to get um there, that's a picture of it in the middle top there, that's a picture of the wave that he paddled into. If you go down a bit, you might see the actual video of it. No, sorry, it actually might be up. Have a look. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Watch this thing. Oh my! And he's only—he's on a super short board. He's on a six-two. He made that. And there you can see the step. He like negotiates he, the step. He missed the lip, but like <laughs> and then just like the big biggest barrel ever. <laughs> That's gotta be right of the year. I oh, know, I think it should have been right of the year, but it didn't win. What did it, it did it win anything? I think he won like the best performer in heavyweights. Okay. Can we quickly talk about because I know you gotta get cruising soon? Um that route of the year entry at least got in at pop oh uh, yeah yeah because i mean <laughs> that was a wave of the winter wave of the winter wave of the winter yeah please mark find that thing like, <laughs> just talk me through this was the was your goal going there trying to get the wave of the winter because i know there's a bit of a i think when you go to pipe you're just like you're just trying to get a good wave it's this so it. hard to get a good wave yeah yeah, yeah this is it it's so crowded and it's so difficult to get a good wave and then 
when you finally get one, you just, you're almost in a bit of disbelief that you get away. <laughs> I mean, also, it doesn't look like the most perfect day either. No. So if you so the locals kind of take over the lineup at Pipe. They're very territorial, and it's very, very hard to get a wave. Um, yeah, not nice to even like, uh, Eddie Akai. <laughs> I've been starting to like make a few inroads there with the guys, and you get to know them. They're really nice. Mm. But you also, yeah, you understand why they why they're so local sure. about this spot. Yeah, the guys fly every, from around the world. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's converging from around the world to to surf it, and it's so crowded. There'll be like a hundred people out on a good day. So you actually have to wait for a day when there's a bit of a wobble, or the wind's a bit off, so it's less crowded, and then you can. It's more dangerous then, but yes, hopefully you can get a good wave. And so that morning uh, was, I think it was in two, th- was a while ago, 2014, yeah. yeah. I just, um, I was sitting like a little bit uh, further inside the pack from where I wanted to. You kind of have to put yourself in funny positions to get a wave out there. Like, yes. And then um, the wave came and it looked like a really good one and I paddled in and when I got to the bottom I saw that it had shifted like a bit wider and I was really, really far behind it and I pumped up into the barrel and then riding in the barrel because um, you slowed down very fast towards the end there i thought you were going to shoot out yeah because i hit the the so when the lip breaks it, it puts a, it's called a foam ball yeah in the in the barrel the, the lip breaks and it explodes water into the barrel and then i hit that with my board and i like launched through the air and i was grabbing and then landed back and then i hit another piece of turbulence and flew in and then i disconnected with my board and i just felt like god put the board back under my feet and yeah. I landed back and I was on my board and then I was coming out the barrel and I was like, whoa, that, sure, that felt like really good. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I was trying to see, because super early in the morning, I was trying to see, does anyone have it on film? And nobody had it. And then somebody entered it into the wave of the winter as Bruce Irons. And and then uh, then someone else identified that it was me. And so, Oh, no <laughs> way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <Bruce>. yeah <laughs> not, not today <laughs> yeah. come on and so then, uh, i ended up coming second in the wave of the winter to kelly really got the wave of the winter that year yeah what did they just was it notified like was it like a website that just announced it or was there a yeah. thing that you went to yeah so surfline runs the contest over yeah. the whole season and then i won the january wave of the month um, okay. and they came in to the Belong house where I was staying with a check of a thousand dollars and it was really cool and then what? then I was in the draw for the grand prize which yeah. was twenty thousand dollars and then and then old Kelly Pipney yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kelly needs an extra twenty thousand dollars yeah times are tough yeah he got the check and he's like oh thanks that's that's uh, very nice uh, <laughs> I, <was> like, oh. <laughs> I mean so you're staying in the Billabong house and you still had issues with not issues with the locals, but you still had to stand, like, understand your, the yeah. way you were standing in the hierarchy. Definitely. Like, it's so cool staying at the Bilbang house. It's like this beautiful big house on the beach. And a lot of your heroes are staying there. Like, yeah. um, they're there with Andy Irons once and guys like Taj and Parker are coming through the house. And, um, and yeah, like when you're surfing, all the, you feel like all the managers at Billabong International are watching you to see if you're getting waves. You're like, you really want to go get waves. Yes, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you're just this little kid from South Africa and, and then these Hawaiian guys, especially if they don't know who you are, then it's very, very hard to get a wave. Yeah. But when I started getting more waves out of Jaws on Maui, then I started to get to know people a bit better and then get a bit of respect and then started to get more waves. But, 
So are they, with like, you say like they're very ter- not like territorial in yeah, their position. Yeah, exactly, man. But yeah. with, do they just tune you like a wrong? You're in the wrong yeah. place. Yeah, like or? I've been tuned hard by guys. I've been had dudes run at me with a gum guard in their mouth want to fight me and i didn't with a gum guard in their mouth yeah like ready to go no kidding for what even in a although in that instance i just looked at a guy wrong and he he kind of like just wanted to i guess intimidate me um i had another instance in a contest where a guy wanted the wave but it was my wave and he just like hawaiian guy hit me or not hit me he yeah. hit the rail of my board caused me to fall off and he just looked at me like very calmly he's like like what do you think you're doing you're going to get beaten up like just yes just stay out of, out of the action and okay. uh, things like that and then you just yeah it's very very scary <laughs> no he says that there because it was a lot more uneven and for this particular way yeah oh yeah and you're so scared you're gonna drop in on somebody like mm-hmm. if you do then there's a very good chance you could get beaten up if you drop in on someone mm-hmm. on the wrong person have you um, seen guys being um i haven't really i've seen a few end. very aggressive incidences but a lot of the dudes who are very aggressive ha- have had cases opened up against them because they've just ongoingly done this and now i guess people have pressed charges against them yes. so they have to be a bit a lot of the main dudes are but they will intimidate you, but not really like kick into gear. Yeah. But I know like back in the day, the guy, like so many of the African guys used to get beaten up. Like Richie Souls, this one guy from Durban, he actually made a name for himself in the lineup because he, he, got, he would get smashed. Like he'd get his face smashed and he would just keep coming back, keep coming back. And he's like, you can do what you want to me. I'm going to keep coming back to surf pipe. And eventually they like respected him. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> I would never do that. Though. Um, no, one guy, I don't want to say a name, but he was standing up paddling in Durban. Um, there by New Pier. And one of the like New Pier locals was like, hey, get that thing away from me. You're making me nervous. And he's a really good MMA fighter. He's like, well, let's take this. Well, he's like, well, let's take this to the land. I'll see how nervous you are then. Oh, <laughs> and the guy, no. the guy was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, left man. I mean, even Mark had a. You didn't have an issue, but at Bali, um, you get those like Aussies that have just been oh, there for a while and they think that they they run just the place. Like a bodyboard as well, so they really hate me. Yeah, I'm and sitting there on the shoulder, not bothering anyone. Yeah, this black. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but it's crazy. Guys get so worked up over it and just ruins the rest of their session as well. Yeah, I know. And South Africa, in South Africa, everyone's so chill. It's so nice. Like oh, The big wave community that we have here is like, everyone's just cheering you on to get like a good wave, you know? Yeah. It's so cool. Everyone's looking out for everyone. If you have a bad wife out there watching to see if you come up all right. Yes. It's so cool. Everyone goes for beers afterwards to, to celebrate this, the day. That's so We've cool. We've got a very special vibe here in South Africa. It's yeah. very, very cool, yeah man that's awesome well i think that's all the time i've got with you today hey maddie yeah hey it's been an absolute (laughs) privilege thanks so much for coming through i know you had submission all the way through from newsies so we uh, appreciate having you on thank you for having me it was really cool to be on bro good luck bro (laughs) and that's a wrap boys